if the U.S. government, the media, the legal system, and the church can't keep democracy alive. It's time for a state sale, a podcast on American democracy, because America is better than this. back to a state sale. It has been a minute since Brad and I hooked up our microphones and video chat to do a pod. So it's only appropriate we make the reunion pod all about the Southern Baptist Convention and its pretend inclusiveness after narrowly voting against the really far right-wing guy for president and instead going with just the right-wing guy. But neither Brad nor I will be handing out any awards to the SBC. So Let's get into it. I'm surprised you didn't want to go to Nashville this week, hanging out with <laughs> Southern Baptists. I watched a lot of that on Twitter. I don't know how much you, you did. No, I didn't. You know what happened though. Three main candidates for, for president, Al Mohler, the Mike Pence of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, <laughs> as, as somebody else said that, and I think that's exactly right. Absolutely no core values whatsoever. We'll do whatever it takes to, to you know, be in power. Yeah. Uh, he, he lost in the first balloting. And then it was between the two candidates, one of them, Mike Stone, who I think is probably as close to being a, uh, a Southern Baptist minister slash clan, uh, uh, whatever, yeah. um, as we've seen since, you know, the old days. And then this guy named Ed Litton, who ended up winning the presidency by two percentage points or something like that. The day before that, though, uh, one of the women who was, she was actually raped by her father, who was, when she was a kid, who is a, a Southern Baptist minister, and they covered it up. She's been out there trying to get justice for, uh, for victims of, you know, sexual abuse and assault. She walked up to this Mike Stone guy, was talking to him, and he told her, according to several witnesses, that she was doing harm to the denomination. That was the day before the vote, and he still almost won. To be honest, I'm a little surprised that that comment got it got around enough to change anybody's mind at all if that you know if that in fact did it i don't think it did i mean i think probably a bigger thing were all the african-american pastors who were saying if you elect this guy we're gone you're going to look whiter than you do now and you're going to look like you're you hate women which you do <laughs> you know so i mean <laughs> yeah honestly, you know there's this dark part of me that almost wishes the sbc had voted for stone and forced that choice for churches and its members you know hey do you like being a racist denomination? Do you want your women to be quiet about sexual abuse? Then join the Southern Baptist Convention where the Bible is only for white people and mostly only white men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I have to say that, that I still look at this denomination with puzzlement because, I mean, they did pass a resolution against sexual abuse, I guess, yesterday, and, and even a suggestion that they'll actually ban from ministry in the Southern Baptist Convention anybody who is, you know, convicted of which seems right. like a start, you know, but, right. but it, it's, it's a, it's a white nationalist denomination. It just is, you know, it was founded on the premise that slavery was uh, both godly and, and moral and right, you know, and it's like, those things don't change, you know, they, they don't change unless you really do a lot of hard work to change it. But Ed Litton, even though he, he wasn't one of the anti-critical race theory guys, what they ended up passing was still super vague and not really any kind of a condemnation of that attempt right. to speak against critical race theory. 
the same with egalitarianism and women. I mean, he's still a complementarian or whatever the fuck that is. It's essentially what's happened in the in the Republican Party when people like Susan Collins are are referred to as moderates. And you're like, okay, whatever, whatever the fuck that even means. You know, it's just because the whole party has gone so far to the right that actually a pretty staunch conservative is now considered a moderate because they're not crazy right. You know, almost anybody to the left of Marjorie Jewish Laser is, you know, now considered a, a moderate Republican. And that's ridiculous. And it's the same thing in the SBC. I'm sure he's a real nice guy. Uh, Dwight McKissick, the African-American pastor, I, you know, follow. Yeah, yeah. Likes him and, you know, is happy. And I'll, I'll trust him on that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a Southern bad. Just, I don't have to deal with this shit, but, you know. But I don't know if you saw the membership in, in that denomination. They lost more people in the last, in the last year than they have, um, at any time, I think. And their their overall slide has been pretty, pretty steep. I don't know if this is going to change any of that or... The New Yorker had a really nice feature story. It wasn't a feature on McKissick, but it it highlights him in a story yes. about the fight for the yes. heart of the Southern Baptist Convention. Did you read yes. that? There was a passage and it just broke me, even though I'd been following this, that these Black pastors in the middle of watching the George Floyd uh, riots, that the white pastors were like, instead of going, oh my God, what is happening? They turned to attacking critical race theory and the black pastors are like, what, what is wrong with you people? You know, it was just stunning. Yeah. Early on in the article, you can tell why McKissick and I'm sure many of his colleagues stay in the SBC. It's because decades ago, being given money and support, but also a belief in them to start their churches and do whatever. And he he mentions that at the very beginning, like who... Who gives a guy $300,000 to start a church in his garage? An affinity because of what they had done and just not being able to separate that from what the convention stands for and what the, the leadership keeps yeah. saying. You know, it's the exact same thing that so many of, of us have seen either with friends or family. They couldn't break from the Republican Party because that's what they knew. They, they saw it as this particular fiscal conservative party or whatever, even though Trump was insane. And even though the, all the current leaders in the GOP are insane, yes. they just can't get away from the past where they, they really feel a connection. <laughs> when you really break it down, it's like, how can you not separate that? I mean, I always, I always come back to that. But I think when it comes to churches and matters of faith, it, it makes a little more sense that it's harder to separate. I agree with Maybe. that. Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I, I'm curious what you think about this. Our shared past, and then you spending so much time in knowing Baptists in this denominational kind of institutional setting, is this idea, I think, similar to this issue of white supremacy and white privilege. I will say for me that I think I grew up honestly believing that white people were better, even though nobody around me ever said that. No one, no one, none of my family members, nobody ever said white people are better than black people or brown people. There was, it it was all so subtle and I'm sure they didn't even conceptualize it, but the assumption was there. And so we use these kind of words about the Hispanic rancher in, in the area I grew up in. And somebody in my family would say, well, you know, he's a really hard worker. You know, it was obvious what that meant is that they're not all hard workers, but he's different. Or, I mean, I found myself even doing this as I was growing up talking about an African-American being really articulate as if somehow that's an, an aberration. And I'm curious if you see the connection here in that Baptist setting, I grew up believing that people that went to church on Sundays were better. They just were, they were morally better. 
And it was never articulated. No one ever said to me, oh, see, remember, we're better because we go to church on Sundays and, and even Sunday nights and occasionally Wednesday nights. You know, it was never articulated. And yet I am so confident that that belief is still there. And what I think that does is I think it breeds a kind of, of, of religious privileged perspective which means that they have no conceptual way to say, to look at evil within their own myths, you know, because they believe that they're automatically by definition moral and better. And so how could they possibly say, oh my God, this is a white supremacist cult. I mean, they couldn't do that. Does that make right. sense? You know, a family member who admitted that she voted for Trump, even though said he was uh, wicked, I think were the words. But still, there was no possibility of voting for a Democrat because there's just this built-in assumption that this side is more moral, it's better. And these are people who are, cannot be bothered to actually pick up a damn paper or look into something and actually see what these fuckers are doing. And it doesn't matter what they do. Demonstrated that with Trump. They can literally get away with anything. I always blame this on George W. Bush and his time coming into office. I don't think he thought of this, but the GOP marketing machine at the time hijacked Christianity, family values, all of that talk. It was an easy contrast to Bill Clinton and an easy sell because we had just convinced the country that a blowjob was the worst thing in the world. Not to downplay the, the sexual harassment and the sexual Absolutely. assault that, that was going on there. Ironically, we didn't frame it in that term, which right. is exactly what we should have done. Absolutely. You know, we framed it as she was awful, Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton was awful, and this is the worst thing that could have ever happened in the world. It was framed as an issue of public versus private morality for Democrats. And I think, I know, I know for me, I erred in giving him a, a break on that. Because when it was framed in terms of public versus private morality or whatever, I was like, honestly, I don't care what he does in his private life. And I felt that way about Trump. And that I've been consistent. I don't care who he slept with. I, I don't care if Melania is a horrible, horrible human and, you know, probably about soon to be cast off as the wife number three onto the younger model. But I mean, I don't give a shit about that. I mean, I don't admire it. It's not something I, I but I, I don't want to be around those people that you're right. We didn't talk about the sexual harassment, the, the abuse of power. The way Republicans framed it was because he had cheated on his wife, it meant he would cheat on the nation, which was stupid. That we have a, a whole history of presidents who have who've screwed over the nation who weren't cheating on their wife. That's a, that's a ridiculous statement. And vice it, versa. And not to get off on that too much. It's just, I think it was so easy to make George W. Bush that likable, nice man of God and a likable demeanor. They sort of transitioned him into being that nice guy, faithful right. guy. That, they made the party, the, the family values party. He had this yeah. beautiful wife and these cute kids. The Republican party is the, is the only party of faith. It's yeah. all bullshit, but... In fact, if you're going to look at the Christian values, the Democratic Party is far more in line with that than the, oh, than yeah. the Republican Party. You ask any modern Republican right now, they'd have no idea of that. If you're a Republican, you're faithful. Yep. If you're a Democrat, you're evil and satanic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like to, you, you're using baby's bloods for, for something. The George W. Bush thing, I think you're exactly right, because there was a redemptive story for them that they used. Somebody yeah. who had been the party boy, who had been the... Right. You know, no, and he had kind of come to Jesus and it was all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's so interesting because I think you're exactly right, too, is that, you know, contrasting him with Bill Clinton, you know, the slick willy, the all of the stories uh, about him, um, you know, that, that was such a night. Nice, uh, it really worked for them. But the interesting thing is how quickly they dropped that narrative when Obama was elected. Yeah. 
you know, it was like, it, and it's, it's shown in the polling data. I mean, in, in like 2009, evangelicals still said that uh, you needed to have high personal morality to be a good president. By the end of Obama's, you know, second term, that had dropped all the way off the table to the point that when Trump came along, they're like, eh, whatever. They can yeah. do whatever they want in their personal life as long as they do what, what we want them to do for us. Scott Coley, you know, the guy I interviewed, philosophy professor, he said this a couple times on Twitter where he's like, this whole idea of electing people so they'll do stuff for me to give me power is something I cannot wrap my head around from a Christian worldview. That is exactly the way that's framed. And one thing I'm going to quibble with you a little bit about is part of me, the fears that that Christian right, I don't know who is co-opting whom. I feel like that there are people we know who were pulled into exactly what you're talking about, language of traditional values and family and everything else. But then there's these cynical people that are just, you know, the oh, people that have been running the SBC. Absolutely. No, I feel like the, the party itself, what they yeah. did is they got that average voter in the pew to, to really see this, this need for and this blend of religion and government. We have to have an evangelical Christian as our president. Which is why when Trump comes along, he, he's not any, even close to that, but they've tried to make him seem that way, right? I mean, they've yeah. done all this subterfuge to make it look to Corinthians himself. He's a baby Christian, right? Remember that James Dobson oh said he was a baby, tiny, tiny right. baby Christian. Because they know that's what this huge block, what they want. It started with George W. in terms of the Republican Party seeing this ability to win the voters over by really manipulating that yeah. message. There are a lot of people who, who were manipulated, but there's plenty of manipulators. And the SBC, they are at the heart of it. I mean, they're doing it right now. They did it with Trump. They're still doing it. That's why even though Lytton is not the far right, crazy QAnon guy, he's still super conservative. Yeah. The convention still passed an absurd resolution on abortion. Yes. They're still going to fight for all those stupid abortion bills in the yes. in the legislatures i mean there's still there's still a major problem and there's there's still a bunch of jackasses trying to pretend like they know what jackasses lori jackasses <laughs> mother exactly exactly <laughs> for those listening at home lori had to look quickly to make sure she had not taught her kids yet another curse word I say that with absolutely no judgment or, uh, you know, because I think your kids, your, your kids need to learn these words somewhere, Lori. They can't, if they can't learn them out on the street, that like, that's, that's just, <laughs> yeah, they should definitely learn it from their mother. <laughs> I would, I'll wait for the day I get the call from the school and they're like, well, we told them that's not a good word. And he said, well, my mom said it on a podcast, so I'm thinking it's okay. <laughs> okay. Bonnie, I'm sorry. This is, I, uh, uh, I'll yeah, take I'll take the, the I'll take the hit on this one. This was my fault. We haven't been on a podcast together in months. I know, I know. It, I mean, we really should have just started off with a litany of curse words. Really, that's what we should. In fact, maybe go go ahead and do it, and I'll I'll work it into the intro. <laughs> Motherfuckers! I mean, good God, these people—they're from the spawn of Satan's butthole. I mean, I swear that's that's what the Republican Party has turned. How's that? That's good. That was very yeah. good. They I mean, are you, that though. <laughs> Did you see the 20 some of them who voted against giving the Capitol Police the Congressional Medal? I guess blue lives don't really matter if they're no. uh, if they're helping other lives. <laughs> well, and if you looked at the list of them, oddly enough, Marjorie uh, Jewish Leisure wasn't on that list. But 
yeah. they were all white men. One of them is the former White House doctor that said that Trump was, you know. 250? Yeah. The other one is the guy from Georgia who said it's just a normal tour going through the to the Capitol. I think what they objected to is they still don't like us calling insurrectionists and traitors insurrectionists and traitors. They want us to, they want to be called patriots, Lori, because they're the ones who are, are patriotic. Uh, they're, they're so patriotic, they're willing to actually kill the vice president uh, of their own, in their own party. That's how patriotic they are. Lori, are you willing to do that? Are you that, Lori? What in the world? Because I'm not, you know. Do you know what? I think Mike Pence would have been willing to be killed for I this. I think he would have too. Wow, such a motherfucker. <laughs> and that's where Al Mohler comes to mind. I mean, just yeah. this, but actually you're right. Mike Pence, you would have thought that Mike Pence would have said, I'm going to disagree with Donald Trump that I should be killed. But he's like, oh, we, you know, we'll never see eye to eye on. That was embarrassing. Wow. And meanwhile, Trump is still out there bashing him. He ever talks about January 6th. He says, Mike Pence didn't have the guts to do what he needed to do. I have no idea what Mike Pence thinks because I'm not sure Mike Pence knows what Mike Pence right. thinks. But there was a, clearly an idea when he joined the, the, the team in 2016 that he was aiming at being a successor and becoming president for the first time. And all of this happens. And in the hardcore QAnon base, they still think that he's a traitor. Mike Pence can't get elected in this country anymore. I don't think. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I have zero feelings really about Mike Pence other than he's just so stupid. I can't stand Trump and he's, he's an idiot, but he does have a brain that, you know, is evil, but is thinking about things, you know, and it, they're all wrong, but right. like, there's something going on in his brain. I really think, I look at Mike Pence as like, like literally just a robot who's just told what to say right before he has yeah. to say it. And he has no idea what that is and he has no feelings about it and he has nothing. I mean, I, I'm just not sure he's a real person. I, I agree. And, and unfortunately back to our, the first part of our conversation, in that circle, he is considered a man of God. Well, this is something I was thinking about the other day too. The people we grow up with uh, at church and then for BSU and stuff like that, there were these people who could do this thing. They could shake their head. They could breathe the way you're supposed to breathe when you're talking about God and all these things. You could use the right language and you could, I mean, rise quickly to the top of whatever that was. And that's Mike Pence. He's an empty, empty, there's nothing there. There's zero right. there. But he nods his head and he's got the silver hair and the fly stuck to it. And he can, you know, he can act pious and, and acting pious is actually more important than actually being a good person. Exactly. They would parade Trump in front of all those pastors on the National Day of Prayer and he'd pretend to pray with them. And then he'd even say something stupid like he doesn't always agree with everything they're saying. And they'd still be like, you're the greatest president we've ever had. Yeah. You're a man of God. In fact, you know, some of them somehow even said he was maybe the second coming of Jesus. Like yeah. how they don't see that is their own blasphemy. I don't know, but you and I will never understand what. No, <laughs> no. First, the polling numbers, sadly, you know, don't show much in the way of erosion that we kind of had hoped all the way through this, you know, this awful four years. We thought that people would be like, you know, I mean, I, you know, I honestly thought that the pro-life crowd would be like, um, maybe killing 600,000 people was a bad idea. You know, that, that, that wasn't a good thing. They're like, no, it's all about, and, and by the way, Lori, you mentioned the abortion thing, which my wife, Lisa, has been saying since 2000, I don't know what, she's been saying, this is the easy red button for the Republican Party. All they have to do is tap that. Always. And a whole Always. bunch of people that just sort of come to it. And so the resolution that the Southern Baptists put forward is horrific. 
no room for abortion. There's no exceptions. Oppose okay. it at all lengths. Lisa's been trying to push this button for a while, saying, look, when somebody says that, that, that abortion is murder and that this is, you know, they're pro-life, then you say, okay, what are you going to do with the women that get an abortion? Because if you say it's murder, then why are we not uh, creating a whole new level of, of capital punishment for all of these women? Because that's the logical conclusion. And unfortunately, yeah. there are people in the Southern Baptist Convention who are like, that's a good idea. We should do that. And on that note, by the way, since we're we're hammering, I'm hammering on the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, <laughs> Sam Perry from University of Oklahoma raised you know, on Twitter, you may have seen this, that the, the polling data on white Americans in general in the last like 15 to 20 years have been cooling on the idea of capital punishment. So most of us have been kind of like, ugh, something's wrong here. Not Southern Baptists and not white evangelicals. I mean, their support, and it doesn't seem to even matter if you point out racial disparities, uh, class disparities, executing innocent people. Well, of course doesn't not. doesn't even budge them. But this is exactly why they don't want to teach critical race theory because it would point out all those things that they don't want to listen to. Critical race theory has just become a code word for talking about racism. Yeah. That's the amazing part of it. It's not, it's not, I mean, the critical race theory, we could actually have a conversation about what that is. I've been learning over the last couple of months what it is. But it's, I mean, largely a legal theory that's looking at different kind of things. But, but in 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 Southern Baptist evangelical world, it is just a co it's just it's just a placement for if you talk about anything other than me being uh, personally biased and thinking that black people can jump higher than white people. If I say that, then you say, well, that's a racism. You need to work on your heart. But if you talk about anything beyond that, you're in critical race theory, and you're probably a Marxist. <laughs> right. Right. I honestly think most, well, most of the white evangelicals wouldn't even admit I'm a racist in my heart and I need to work on, you know, like they don't, they don't no. see that. I mean, I think, I think that's true. I've always thought that they, they, they see, I mean, because it's been defined that racists are bad people. They can't be bad people back to our first part of yeah. our conversation because yeah. they're good Christians will go to church every Sunday and Wednesday nights, uh, ergo, they can't be a bad person. So they can't be a racist. That's the logical kind of, you know, right in the same light that you're talking about of thinking or just sort of automatically assuming we're better than other people, specifically with the white church versus any church of people of color. We're not racist because we help the black church every February. You know, we do the pulpit exchange every February with the black church down the road. And we, we have a clothes closet for them. I mean, like it is very much a, the white church is taking care of the black yeah. church. White people have to be the savior of the black people. And it's so subtle. They, I mean, in their minds, there's none, none of that has any racism involved. I mean, if it did, and the Southern Baptist Convention right. was founded on racism. So, right. so right. you know, like there's clearly no, no realization, definitely no... Um, <laughs> Repentance. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting because uh, the slaveholders religion, I think it was James Cone who used that phrase, I'm not sure, but but he's, you know, he essentially pointed out that these white churches were not openly encouraging lynching, for example, you know, but they would tell to the black church, no, just don't agitate, don't ask for more, you'll get your reward in heaven, just do what you need to do, work on this, don't, don't, don't try to get voting rights or stop your neighbors from being lynched. You just, you just work on praying and becoming a better, you know, all that. And then of course they would give them their old hymnals or something like that. Right. There's a guy I follow on Twitter. I'll, I'll think of his name in a minute. Michael he's, Harriet. No, although he's awesome. But th this yeah. is, this is a guy who's a theologian. 
he made the point that actually for the Southern Baptists, what happened is that the sexual assault scandal was really coming out. I mean, you know, the Houston Chronicle, Robert Downing did a fantastic, I mean, there's right, some amazing right. journalism there tracking down how all these churches were essentially doing exactly what the Catholic Church did, pawning off sexual abusers to other churches, right. uh, shoving stuff under the rug or pulling a Paige Patterson and telling abused women, you know, I mean, you must have asked for it or, you, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't ruin these people's lives, whatever. Right. Um, and what he was pointing out on Twitter, he's like, if you look at it, it's right after that kind of came to light that they started to focus on critical race theory. And that's when, that's when Trump raised it. And that's when, you know, then it became a Republican kind of mantra. And it's this gigantic, look over there. It's like, it's, a, it, I said to somebody on Twitter the other day, the 1950s called and they'd like their red scare back because you fuckers, I mean, it's like you just have resurrected this out of whole cloth. All of a sudden, you've got a whole generation of people who have no idea what communism or Marxism is because they've the only thing they've seen is, you know, they've seen, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the old days with with uh, Olympics, you know, it was it was uh, us against the Soviets. And, you know, and that was that was this this East versus West and capitalism right. versus. And then, you know, and then you go to the Olympics now and, and the Chinese athletes are wearing the same Nike clothes that the American athletes are making. You know, there's no there's no real bridge between those two two worlds. Right. And so the communism thing doesn't really make sense in that sense. But. For these Republicans, it's like, God, we, we need a wedge issue. We gotta have something that distracts from how awful we've been on women, how awful we've been on everything else. We gotta turn it back and put people on their heels. The Southern Baptists and, and, and Republicans of both said, you know, they're, they were losing ground on some of these issues on race, on, yeah. on gender, on, on stuff like this. And there was all this sympathy for African-Americans and, and sympathy for, um, for LGBTQ and and you know all of a sudden they they've switched the 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 dialogue by pointing at I mean it's like they resurrected the red scare in front of our eyes and acted like that we're all just gonna it's gonna operate the same way you know and, and it's I, I don't think it does work the same way but unfortunately for people that are especially in certain circles yeah we grew up in those some of those circles saying Marxist even though none of these people can explain Marxism. <laughs> no no just like they can barely explain you know democracy in fact right. i don't think they can, I don't think they can. <laughs> because they point. keep thinking somehow that an insurrection was not anti-democracy they somehow think voting is bad right i know i've mentioned this before but both the republican party and the southern baptist the southern baptist convention leadership they did this the exact same way they infiltrated slowly and from the grassroots level over decades, beginning really in the late 70s. Yep. And now we're dealing with the fallout from letting that happen and, and kind of ignoring some of the, the worst parts of that and some of the scary parts and acting like it's not a big deal, they're, they're fringe, you know, like the, the tea party, this isn't gonna take hold. And look where we are, we have, yep. 15 million Southern Baptists, white evangelicals across the country who think that God's a Republican. And God and the president is on their side, by the way. Right, right, right. Only a Republican can possibly have any faith in God. And we have this Republican party full of voters and full of elected leaders who can't distinguish truth from lies and fact from non-fact. The crises in the country and the crises in Christian denominations 
parallel each other. You know, you're exactly right. One of the things I realized with this kind of attack on uh, the, you know, the fake news crap and the, the attack on expertise and everything, I, I, I dealt with that growing up. You know, the pushback I got on, on things like evolution from people who couldn't fucking explain evolution if you, if you put a gun to their head. I mean, you, you could, they can't, they can't explain any of these theories. They are sure are wrong. They can't, they can't explain what C uh, CRT is because they don't know what it is. They honestly cannot explain evolution. There's, there's no way. They think it means they were descended from monkeys. Actually, literally think that it's a legitimate question to say, if in fact evolution is true, why are there still monkeys? I think that's a legitimate argument. <laughs> Bizarre. But, but to, to your point though, that same kind of misinformation exactly was going yeah. on in those circles at, the t at that time, the Republican Party was certainly not dominated by that because we knew that we had people like Howard Baker, you know, in, in the Senate who he was the one, as I recall, who went to Nixon and said, as a Republican said, look, you're going to be impeached and you're going to be convicted. You need to resign because they've got the votes and you are, you know, you were wrong. There's no, there's nobody like him there. I mean, the closest is possibly Mitt Romney, possibly on his best day, he comes at least partly close um, but he still then turns around and votes in line with the with, right. with McConnell. I mean, not know? only is there not that guy, there's the other guy that's basically always saying, hey, all we have to do is say it's fake. All we have to do is say it's not real. All we have to do is is point the camera a different way. There's, you know, there's we're just gonna lie and everyone will believe it. I mean, it, it's like the exact opposite of not just ignoring it, it's actually trying to tell the opposite side. The whole fire Fauci thing. I mean, that's yeah. a good example of what you're talking about. It, I mean, it, obviously it's ridiculous, but it's, I, I haven't been following it closely enough to, to even see what's going on, but it's like, you know, Marjorie Jewish laser is, <laughs> is a big part of it. I honestly can't remember her name. So that's, that's what I'm calling her for now on. Um, I and I want that to stick. I'm going to just use that on Twitter for Marjorie now on. Jewish Marjorie space, a Jewish space leader. They had a sign up that said, you know, Fauci lied, people died or something like that. Yeah. Like, what yeah. the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, right. When in fact, what it should have said was Trump lied, people died. I mean, they're like, exactly. the, their little poem works fine. They just have the wrong name. It really does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. It's time for a state sale a podcast on American democracy, because America is better than this. Oh, there's Copper. Oh, Copper. You were a good boy. Oh, what a cute pup. I am so sorry about that. Oh, no worries. I can hear, I know, I'm afraid for the recording though, I screwed up your rant. Oh, no, that's fine. I, I had I had other rants. It's it's absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, come here. Come that here. copper is so cute. He is cute, but he I don't know. He's crazy. Copper, come here. Come here, buddy. Come here. Let's just hope he doesn't pee on the couch. Oh, come here. Buddy. Look, look copper. So cute. Do you see this guy? He loves dogs. Oh my lord. <laughs> that head is too big oh. for his body right now. Yes. And those ears. Yes. Yes. Stay down, stay down. He is such a cute puppy. He oh. is a cute puppy. He's trouble. All right, take that. All right, we got the treat. Okay, I think we're good for a few more minutes.